Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lord, we thank you for allowing us again into your presence this evening. Father, today is the first day of winter. Dear Lord, we thank you. Dear Lord, you brought us to this time. Lord, feel terrible that we've not had the revival that's needed for this time. But Lord, we're in now the winter. You told us to pray that our flight be not in the winter, and we know that the war is coming. Lord, we know that the worst war in all human history is about to occur, and the people are not ready. They don't understand how fast this war will be. And dear Lord, how violent it will be, and how quickly destruction will come. Because, Lord, you're bringing these people out. You told them, Lord, there would be no time in all of human history to be as bad as this. But, dear Lord, the biggest thing about the war is it'll be over quickly. You will defeat them. It will be horrible. People will die. Many were going to have to be martyrs because they did not set themselves apart. But, Lord, there's still time if they will have a revival to change the outcome, at least for many. And, Lord, we pray that they will come. You said, dear Lord, that that you will cause a compelling event to occur. But when that compelling event occurs, those who were invited, the shepherds and so forth, will not be invited to this. If they've been any part of helping with this thing called the FEMA management teams and the rest of it, they likely will not be invited to your kingdom. But instead, they will go through the punishments and have to be repented from that. Lord, there are many political leaders that will see themselves have the plagues of leprosy come upon them. And Lord, they don't want to hear these things that I'm telling you right now, and people don't want to believe it. Because people have been taught, just like there's a round earth, they believe there's a a ball earth instead of a flat round earth. And dear Lord, because we've been taught that in schools forever, taught in churches forever, even taught in the churches, dear Lord, that there was a pre-existing earth, which there never was. Your Bible doesn't say that. It's not in Genesis 1 at all. It doesn't have any indication of that in Genesis 1. But they interpret it and translate and twist the scriptures to create that. It's like they say that that <clears throat> the devil was the one that had sex with Eve and that was the seed of the serpent, Lord. Those are false treatings. It's not of the scriptures. It doesn't agree with the scriptures. But people want to believe these things. Lord, I can't see that in any place of the scriptures. It doesn't make any sense with the words. It doesn't make sense with the people that you started and so forth. Lord, you told us when the fallen angels came and did these things but it actually was fruit because people don't understand the way of the fruit and what it means to eat of the wrong tree and they're not talking about the tree of satan they're talking about fruit dear lord and that's what it was being at that time now let's go on and talk to you because we could argue these things with people forever but i want to discuss something tonight that's a little bit different and that dear lord i want to talk about what's going to happen in the morning in April that's coming after the winter. Because, dear Lord, the, these things that are happening are agreement with your laws. And I would like to go back to Deuteronomy 25 and explain some of the mitzvahs, the laws that you gave them, the precepts and ways of doing these things, the statutes, dear Lord, so that they would understand that your words have not changed and your law hasn't changed. They've been fulfilled. It'll be done in the fulfillment of the law. You were revealing the ways of these, and a good example is in Deuteronomy 25. There's several of them, and I'll go through a few of these in Deuteronomy 25 so that people might understand the way of the words and the laws of Moses and why your words fulfill those laws and how it fulfills them so that the people can understand these things. And I think Deuteronomy 25 is a good example of this that the people might be able to discern what I'm trying to say. And, Lord, what you've revealed and what you're trying to tell them and that your law is fulfilled. Your words fulfill the law. Lord, we need to understand, before we start this in Deuteronomy 25, we need to understand how important it is of the generational plan of you. And in Malachi 4, 1 to 6, you make clear in there that if we do not hear the message that you're causing the people to hear at this time, that you want them to hear about the importance 
of the seed, the importance of the inheritance, important of the name, that we are in great trouble because if we will not receive this message, you said you're going to come and curse the earth. People don't understand the meaning and the depth of the message. Dear Lord, in Malachi 4, because it tells us in there, let me just read it real quickly. It's only six verses. It says, for behold, the day is coming, burning like an oven, and all the proud, yes, all who do wickedly will be stubble. And stubble means, you know, like their arms and stuff will be withered. Their legs will be withered, just like the leprosy is going to come upon them. That's stubble. Burn up. Burn up by the way of the words. And I'm going to explain to them why this is the way of the words. And the day which is coming shall burn them up, says the Lord of hosts. Lord of hosts means Lord of all particles. It means Lord of everything. Every atom, every proton, everything is numbered by the Lord. There's nothing that he didn't create from the beginning, as far as the particles go, that we have today. They're all in his storehouse. He brings them forth as necessary. But he also controls them coming out of the earth. That's why David said in Psalms 139 that he knew him when he was just substance in the earth before he was put into the womb. So there's no way abortion is okay. It's not possible. The only possibility is when there is a sickness and there's a reason. When there's a sickness that threatens the life of a mother, then there is a law that says you can't oppress one. So if if the child bearing it is going to kill the mother and harm the baby, then that's a different situation. And that comes under some pretense and you need to take that to the Lord for clarity. But that's covered in God's laws. So there's an example. But when it's because a girl got pregnant because she was with her boyfriend or husband and wife just didn't want this baby because they haven't got the financial means, that's their problem. That is not a law. I mean, that is not lawful under God. It's murder. And it's abomination to God and it's not allowed. So having abortions is just because you're too young that you allow these things to occur. You had sex with a boyfriend or sex with a group of boys, whatever it is. You know, that that is not allowable. And the men are responsible and the woman is responsible. It's not just the girl. It's not just the woman. The man is most responsible for his seed. He started this. He's responsible for it. And he's held accountable for it. His blood will be held accountable for that child that's killed. There better be repentance before the Lord and mourning for your sin. If not, then it will be punished by the wrath of God when he comes for the separation judgment. These are rules of God. Now, I say this because let's go on and read Malachi 4. It says, um, and that day which is coming shall burn them up, says the Lord of hosts. That will leave them neither root nor branch. Remember, root or branch God is also saying he's going to destroy the sexual organs. Catch that. Root or branch. He's going to, he said he's going to forget their children. And Hosea 4, 6, if they ignore uh, the Lord. But and when he's talking about withering the limbs, men need to understand what that means. They're responsible for this. And same with the women. You're going to have destruction all over your body. And so it says, but to you who fear my name, His name is the word of God that's coming and all things will be judged by the words and punished by the words. John 12, 48 says, but you who fear my name, the son of righteousness shall arise with healing in his wings. Healing. Not only you think you're perfect right now, you got GMO foods in you, you got metals that you don't even know about that are toxic, that are killing you, that are not pure. And if you're going to have pure in the future and be able to speak pure words, you got to have all those things removed from you. So that your spirit is pure and the word that comes out of you is pure and there's no darkness in you at all. He's going to circumcise our hearts in this time. So this all this work must be done. And that's what he's meaning. You got to take this to the depth of the word. And what is the meaning of a name? A name is a work that we are given to do. So it says the name of the son of righteousness shall rise with healing in his wings. That's the covering of the Lord. And remember that, that his hand, his wings, his covering is over all the earth and his hand is like over the earth. And remember the wings of the four living creatures? They're always pouring out the blessings of God and restoring. So if he says restore them, they will cause the particles to come forth to bring them where they were supposed to be at the appointed time according to the fiery stone that's registered in heaven where the the four living creatures are watching over those. 
and they bring forth the works that are in them. The cherubim also guard those things. But this is the thing that the four living creatures do. They're upkeeping constantly all his words and the movement of all the particles according to the stone that's there. So when he says he's going to restore us, he's going to restore us to what was appointed to us from the beginning so we can do that work and fulfill it. And all the sickness and healing has to, has to occur for us to be where we're supposed to be at the point in time if we had not sinned. That's the removal of the sin. It's that deep. It's not just, oh, you're forgiven. Go on with your cherry life. No, he's going to give restoration. It gives correction so that we can do the work that we're appointed to do at this time with the knowledge and understanding we need to do it. So that's going to happen. He says, remember the law of Moses, my servant, which I commanded him in Horeb for all Israel with the statutes of judgment. This is for this day. People say the law of Moses has nothing to do with us. We're going to see tonight it does. I'll show you that in Deuteronomy 25, but it, all of them describe it. You just got to read it with the knowledge of the words and you'll understand the appointed times and how it's done. He says, behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the earth with a curse. Now, Elijah is coming, but the spirit of Elijah is what we're talking about right now. And this is the spirit that's moving upon us. And that spirit is we need to understand the inheritance. We need to understand the meaning of the name, the work we're given to do, and how to correct it so that we can fulfill the work given to us to do so that we can be raptured. People think they're ready to be raptured. Nothing's happened. And the world is progressing like nothing. I've told you, you know, Lord has held these people aside. He's been ready to cause them to come out, but the people would not do it. And they just mock. They scoff and say, oh, nothing has happened. Well, look at the people they're putting in charge now. These guys are bankruptcy experts. They're going to come in and they're going to bankrupt the world. That's what's happening. They're putting the people in place to handle this bankruptcy, handle the destruction, the killing of all the people, handle the war and all that. They look incompetent to do war, but they're incompetent to, to bring. Look at the people in charge of the commerce now they're going to put in. What were they in charge of before? The bankruptcies for the big corporations, for the Rothschilds. They work for the Rothschilds. That's what we're seeing at this time. Information officer that was giving the false information about uh, the nukes and all the rest of that kind of stuff. That's over there. False information about Iran. False information about, about uh, Israel. Israel runs the Mossad. The Mossad works for the Knights of Templar. The Knights of Templar do these evil works. They run the mobs. They do all those things. And they do the works for the Bush family on all the drug programs that they do all over the world. That's the Mossad helping them, working with them. So the intelligence is saying, well, we've got to protect Israel. We've got to protect the leaders that are walking in fornication with the harlot. Protect the nation by giving them the knowledge of the words you're supposed to be giving to them to help them to come into correction and enable the remnant of Israel to come out. That is not being done by any of the churches, none of them. They are not walking in alignment with God. They're not serving Israel what's needed to be served at Israel at this time. They're not putting any food into the storehouse of God and his temple people. Not at all. So don't look for that. We need to return to the Lord and do what is right and bring this knowledge to them. Help them come so that Judah can do his job as the first ones to come out. That's very important at this time. It says in here, it goes on and said, uh, and I've, I've read this to you. It says that he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children, and the hearts of the children to their fathers, lest they come and strike the earth with a curse. Please understand this is very important. In the beginning, in Genesis 2, we're talking about Adam. And he puts him in the garden. He brings, you know, the Lord made all the trees and plants and everything because they're for the service of men. And they're for the fruit of man, for the knowledge and increasing the man so that he can prepare. And God gives him the knowledge of what to touch and when to get it and so forth so that we can grow in the knowledge according to his plan of knowledge, which is Isaiah 28, 9 to 13. A little here, a little there. But man wanted to do the microwave of an approach. Satan tried to get him to break the law of God and did. Eve did it. And Adam went right along with it. You know, it's like people today, women want abortions and the men go right along with it. It's not of God. And you're going to be held accountable for that. It's murder. God, read Psalms 139. Also read in, in Moses' law that uh, the womb is owned by God, not the woman. He opens and closes it. We've went and went away from that completely. And we just have babies whenever we want to. And we pay the price for them. But we're also held accountable for them. Even if we didn't know the knowledge, we now know the account for it. But we didn't need, didn't need the, the pill. What we needed is the kingdom of God. Because he opens and closes the womb. 
He did it, and all the patriarchs, well, we don't believe he does that today. That's Old Testament stuff. That's miracles in the Old Testament. That's punishment in the Old Testament. No, God had a plan for his children. He had a plan for the kingdom. And those are the people building the foundation of the kingdom. You don't think he's going to do it now when he's bringing the kingdom? It is of God. He's going to do it that way. But what he's saying here, we don't understand. And I'm going to go over Deuteronomy 25, and it carries the law of the name of carrying on the family. Back in, in Genesis 2, Adam brought, the Lord brought the animals to Adam, and he says he brought them them, meaning the male and the female to them, to him, and he named them. He called them. Whatever he called them, that was the work they were given to do. So, see, Adam has been given a language to speak. It's like our earthly languages, but he also was being taught the knowledge of the words of God. And when he gave him the when he called them that, Jesus, Jesus said, uh, the scriptures say that he called them a name. He called them. Whatever Adam called them, that was the name they were given. That means that was the work for the kingdom that they were given. So Adam named all the dinosaurs. He, owned, he named everything. There was no dinosaurs before the Lord put them on the earth. There was no pre-existing earth. That's all a lie. You know, you, you can't understand the fact of what the damage was done to the earth when God reformed it with the steam and the heat and the rest of it. And so the aging of the things don't add up to the people that do the testing because they don't take into account the biblical events. They say they do, but they can't because they don't know the temperatures and the rest of it of the flood, knowing that the steam and everything came out of the earth at that time and caused everything to be moved. That's why he had to take them off the earth. It, it wasn't compatible. It was, you know, not only was the water coming to the earth, but fire was in that earth because God was destroying the ways of man in that time. And he's starting over again with Adam. He didn't, I mean, with uh, Noah. He didn't destroy all the racings of it because he has the testimony of the book of Enoch and, and so forth. Let's look now. That's something so you can understand a little bit what I'm trying to talk about. Adam gave him a name. And remember that what the Lord did was he had him, had Adam lay down and he took his rib and flesh and he made Eve. Now consider that he had named all these animals. He called them and that was the name of the work they were given to do. And the bone of your body, when you call them, when you speak it forth, when your voice goes forth, you're speaking energy because you're speaking the spirit. Your breath goes out and your voice goes out. That is one. The frequency is the authority of the word of the work that you were given to do. And your name, when you speak it forth, your face has the print of your face with the way you look at things. And so when, when it's like when um, Jacob fought with the Lord all through the night, wrestled with the Lord face to face. And Moses met with Jesus face to face. What they're talking about there is your, your face has a certain authority given by the blessing that you were given to God. And God's face has his authority over all things. It was what he was given. And his eyes looked forth the word. And Jacob was able to look in his face as Moses was able to look in his face because their intent was for the kingdom of God. And they were allowed to speak to God face to face. And Jacob would not let go because he wanted to know the name of the Lord. He wanted that blessing. And he wanted to know the name. See, the blessing that he's seeking is whenever you're given a blessing, that's what you're called. That is added on to your name or he adds a name on to you, which is a new name, which is a new work. And you have a special work to do. So he added that on to Jacob. He didn't take away. He gave him a name. He said, you'll be called Israel. <laughs> because what? He's a vicarious um, governor of God. Because he wrestled. And he would come to the Lord face to face for the good of the Lord's own kingdom. And he wrestled. He said, let, let him go. And he said, no, I will not let you go. See, that's a vicarious governor. He needed the, the Lord's hand to fulfill the work that he'd been given to do. He was a governor. He was given a work. He knew that he had a kingdom to build. He knew that he was going to be given all those lands, all that the Lord said. That's why he did this. That's why God called him Israel. Because he fought 
for the kingdom of God that God had given him the authority to work and he promised him he would be doing. He fought for that and he was given that name, vicarious governor. Zealous to do the kingdom's work. Zealous to do it in the way of righteousness. That's why it was done. And he touched his leg and moved it out of sight because no one would have the authority like this to do that. And that's why it was so important to bring his bones back to that cave and out of Egypt and into Israel to fulfill that word where he's given and spoken that word. It's a reminder of God and it's a blessing to us. Those bones are a memory device. The marrow of the bones and all that in memory of the works that all the works that we've done. So all the works that Adam had done at that point were carried over into Eve. It would come into remembrance of her. In other words, she would begin to remember these things and understand them because it was spoken in those words and it would cause those works to be truth, testified. So she was under the same testimony as Adam because of his bone that he was made by and his bone of my bone. And it's symbolic of what a wife is to do. It's the work of the kingdom that was given to do. See, when he was given the work of the kingdom, it was very important that the work he would understand how to do these things. And let me give you a couple examples. Let's go to Deuteronomy 25, 1 to 3. The first one's judgment, and then you'll see in verse 4 something about the land. In the first one, John 25, 1 to 3, it says, If there is a dispute between men and they come to court, that the judges may judge them, and understand this is to be in the way of the words of God. And remember that as of today, the courts of this world no longer have authority to judge any of God's people. Any of God's people who have the knowledge of the words are not allowed to be judged by these people. God will see to it if they do something like that, they'll be judged for judging them. It's just like when, when Ham went in and mocked Noah in the tent. You can't do that when you're bringing forth the words of God in the time of the kingdom coming forth. And we're bringing forth the oil and the wine. And if they come against that, they're going to be cursed for it. So they need to understand those things. It's not like we're trying to get away from, you know, what we've done wrong. These people need to understand what they're doing wrong. And they can't judge you when they got a plank in their eye, which says they have no authority to rule at this time or to make judgment or to rule over his people. They can't do that. And they say, oh, if we don't do that, there'll be chaos. No, you need to learn the chaos. Give it to the Lord. Because the Lord to this day has his plan and he's going to work it out. And these people are going to come forward and they're going to be punished for making a judgment decision for their lives to come forward. But he's going to be judged by the words. So just stick with the words and come out from the world and do not judge by man's words or man's laws, which are not divine. They're divine of the devil because they're based on interpretations of the scriptures by the devilish minds. They're twisting truth. They're even twisting basic words. They have no idea how the damage they've done and what they're going to pay the price for in this time. They're going to burn. Just like it says, they're going to be burnt to stubble in this thing. But listen to what God does here, and then you'll see the way of the words and how the Lord was using the laws of Moses, and now the words fulfill them because now you can understand what he was saying with those laws. And here it is. It says, um, let me read it again, verse 1. If there is a dispute between men, they come to court that the judges may judge them, and they they justify the righteous and condemn the wicked. Then it shall be, if the wicked man deserves to be beaten, that the judge will cause him to lie down and be beaten in his presence, according to his guilt and a certain number of blows, 40 blows that he, he may give him and no more, lest he should exceed this and beat him with many blows above these. And your brothers be humiliated in your sight. It's like when they they um, did this thing with Jesus. They couldn't go over the 40. It would come on them. Understand the punishment would be coming on them then as well. But this is here's the point. We're coming to the time where God promises the plagues to come upon the people with the dawning of the morning, which is coming in April. When that time comes during April, whenever he's uh, cast that down, whether it's the week of unleavened bread or whether it's earlier than that or slightly later than that, it's going to be in that time frame. And when this time frame comes, they're going to be caused to lie down. In other words, their limbs are going to wither. They're not going to be able to walk because of the plagues. And their skin is going to be completely covered with boils. But who's doing the blows? Who is judge at this time? God is judge. 
God is going to be handing out these judgments upon the people, and he will be with, the, you know, he'll be overseeing this thing from heaven. In other words, he's ruling over the earth, the entire earth. There's no other king, no other president. There's nobody leading at this time anywhere. God is ruling, and he will judge every place. There's no place you can hide from him. That's what, uh, if you read Revelation 6 and the last of this, uh, the six-seal judgment, you see that they can't hide. They'll want to hide in caves and every place else, but they can't get away from God. They can't even die at that time. Because he's going to do exactly what he says here. He's going to cause them to lie down before him while he punishes them with the plagues. And if they speak, something worse will come. He won't give them more than 40 blows, 40 different punishments. But he's going to give them plenty of punishments. Some of them are going to have their eyes dissolved in their eye socks. Some are going to have their, their, their hair, total bald head. Some are going to have total body boils. Some of them have their arms withered, no hands, and all the way up to the arms, the sexual organs, the legs, the feet, the rest of it. Everybody's going to be differently punished according to the punishment of the word that God has given for that person. That judgment is going to be existing. And then another thing, he tells him here, is that next one comes right after it. And if you don't understand the, the reason for this. First one is, this is foretelling the way of the punishment of the separation judgment and the plagues that are going to come on the earth at the time of the separation judgment. That's what this Deuteronomy 25, 1 to 3 is foretelling. The way of that punishment have to be in front of the judge. You're going to be laid down and they're going to receive the blows. That's the that's what's going to happen to him at this time. And then you go to the next verse. It says twenty five four. You shall not muzzle an ox while it treads on out the grain. You shall not muzzle an ox while it tread out the grain. See when when the Lord is punishing these people, you don't you don't punish the, the ox. Let me let me explain what this is really saying in here. All the time that we have at this time. When the people are set apart, we, we've destroyed the earth. We've destroyed the earth. And let me make a picture for you. The people who are going to be the wicked are going to be driven, driven into the, and the complacent. Many of them, are even the complacent, many of the complacent are going to be driven into the sea. The Lord has shown prophetic words and visions to people where the sea is pulled back like you'd see a tsunami pulled back. It pulls back the ocean floor like they did at the Red Sea. It pulled back the ocean floor. And he's going to create a wilderness for these people and the fish are going to stink and so forth. But there'll be no ox there. There'll be no oxen. There'll be no cattle. There'll be no meat there. They're going to get bread. They're going to get water. They're going to go through that time and they won't die because God won't let them die. He's got a punishment and it's going to be for a fixed time. He tells you the seven seal judgments approximately 21 months. He says about the time of half an hour. Half an hour is 21 months. So it's either going to be a little more or a little less. Probably it'll be six seasons and then three seasons for them to remember their punishment. But he's going to put these people in a place where there's no oxen. Why? Because they failed to do what this verse says in verse four. They failed to understand the muzzle and the ox while it treads out the grain. See, an ox represents the teacher of the word. And the, the air is the spirit that the teachers breathe by and breathe upon the people and breathe upon that grain. When they're walking on the feet on the grain, it is that grain is going to be used to make breads. The breads are going to be used to stir up the instruction in them. You do not want that oxen blocked from breathing the air of the spirit that God has given it to breathe at that time so that its steps are divinely positioned to crush the grain in the way so it's prepared when they use it to bring forth the instruction in that bread. Everything is important. The candle that shines upon the bread, the oven that bakes the bread, all those things are important. From the time it comes up out of the ground and comes into that that grain, and then the grain being ground to where it can be used, and then finally uh, hammered by the women to a point that they can make it into the bread they want, the fine flour. These are the things at this time. But you do not take away the breath of that oxen. Now, we have taken that breath away from that oxen because what? 
When you give the, the cattle and everything the poor food, the chickens, the, the terrible feed that we feed them, and the bees, the, the GMO plants and everything else, that they're, the flowers that they're feeding from, we're destroying all these things. And that, that is the same as the air. You're muzzling their air because it destroys the body, it destroys the lungs, it destroys the ability to breathe right and receive the spirit that the God is looking for. The other thing is that throughout the earth, we have blocked the animals from roaming freely and the people, the, the, the system has been killing off the animals, poisoning them and so forth. And that is not good. Adam gave them a work to do. The work that they are given to do is a work for the kingdom. During this time of the kingdom, if we had asked for the kingdom to come, these animals would not bite. Dogs would not fight. These things is coming with the kingdom, but we're not seeking to bring forth the kingdom. And the time pointed for 13 and a half years, he's appointed to bring forth the kingdom. We have muzzled the ox. We have muzzled the ability for the spirit to do its work. And as I pointed out in some writings previously, that the, when you let the animals walk freely in, in, in groups, the treading down, the movement of those animals were designed by God so that they tread down the earth and allow the earth to be stirred up because by the breath that they breathe, that's why he said the uh, dawn of the, the deer in the early morning, they eat the, the grass with the moisture on it. They're getting the word of God in the evening and they're spreading this around. And they're stirring up the earth. The earth is bringing forth the plants and preparing everything. God is going to cause things to come up because we have failed him. We have to repent for this. We have to repent. We have muzzled the ox. It's much like what Reuben did to to, uh, Jacob when he slept in his father's bed. He went up to his maidservant, his wife, Abila. That is sleeping with the, the wife. That is, you know, it's like hamstringing the ox. You know, that's hamstringing is something that you're, what you're doing is you're crippling that ox. It's like one of the legs, the four legs have been hand, has been cursed because of what Reuben did, who was the firstborn. He should never have even dreamed of such a thing. But he did that. Did he do it out of jealousy? Who knows what his purpose is, but it was absolutely wrong. Anyway, the point we have in here is that we don't pay attention to the name given to the animals so that they can do the work to put the Spirit of the Lord into the food that we eat so that we can be stirred up by the Spirit to know the work and instruction that we're to get. We are failing God in all the ways we do this, the way we work. We think our great technology is so great. That's why God is going to take it and remove it so that the people have no ability to work in these times, as he tells you in John 9, 4, 5. They won't be able to work. Nothing will work for them. The plagues and everything else, he's going to drive them to where they don't have the equipment. God's going to take it all away from them. They're not going to work because they failed to see what the real work was. They failed to do the kingdom work. Instead, they built their own empires and they made their own laws that they said, oh, controls chaos when it doesn't. What it does is gives power to the very few so that the very few can kill the many because that's the work of Satan. And that's what they've done. Now, let's go on quickly. I, I need to get to some of these others. It says, um, let's say, you know this one about uh, Ruth and Naomi and Boaz um, and um, even um, uh, Tamar, uh, Reuben's, uh, uh, Judah's, um, uh, what do you call him, and married to his daughter. And then she went to him as a prostitute and got pregnant and she identified his staff, and from him comes Perez. Perez, of course, is in the genealogy of Jesus. It shows you there uh, because they failed to keep the law. And the, this is the law they failed to keep, De- Deuteronomy 25, 5, 6. It says, if brothers dwell together and one of them dies and has no son, the widow of the dead man shall not be married to a stranger outside the family. Her husband's brother shall go into her and take her as his wife and perform the duty of a husband's brother to her. And it shall be that the firstborn son which she bears will succeed to the name or the work of the kingdom of his dead brother. And that his name, his work for the kingdom, may not be blotted out of Israel. See, everybody's been given a work to do from the beginning. That's the importance of Malachi 4, 1 to 6. If we don't recognize this and we don't come back to the truth about the importance of the name, 
that God has given us to do the work in the kingdom and we need to seek that out, then we are failed. And if we don't recognize the importance of our Father's name, importance of our name, and that they are related together to do the work of the kingdom. And if we don't understand that the the world system has destroyed our names, they've given us these three names. Or, you know, usually we have a, a first name, a middle name, and a last name. We are not to be named that way. Are we to be the name of we are this, a son of this, daughter of this? We have one name, and it's be the daughter of that and name of that. That was what is intended in the scriptures all the way to man. Because it's that name is the work of the kingdom that we're given to do, and we should find out that and do that work. We have gotten into a world system that treats our name abominably. We don't even understand how abominably they've treated our name. I've explained it. They treat us, we don't understand it. We are a dead person. You know, we're counted as a dead body that they trade on the market secretly and make profits from. And they have a whole financial system based upon this secrecy that they're issuing so much currency. That's why the whole market system, economic collapse is all baloney. It's all created. It's all determined. They already know what they're going to do, when they're going to do it. They manipulate the gold price down. It should be skyrocketed, but they keep it down because they don't want you to have any resource. They don't want anything. They want to steal all that away from you, and they want to take your life. They're doing the work of Satan right now, the queen and, and the Rothschilds, the most evil people on earth, and everybody likes, oh, she's the queen, she's the queen. Understand, she is that, and up until now, she's had authority to be that position, but now it's no longer existing. Romans 13 no longer gives her any power because now Romans 13 says Jesus Christ is the king of the earth. This is that season, the winter season that precedes the morning that he rules over, Daniel 7, verse 12, you'll see it. And Revelation 7, this is a time when the fifth beast kingdom no longer reigns and the sixth beast kingdom has not got their dominion yet. And the seventh comes after them. The seventh comes immediately after them, like within 30 days, because what happens is, or at the same time, actually, because what he does, as soon as they kill the two witnesses, they turn their crowns over too. as soon as the, uh, they know they're in great trouble when the two witnesses rise up, they turn their crowns over to the, to the Antichrist. They want to put the blame on him, but they, they know that their only hope now that that sin is done is to be saved by that. But that comes after the seven years of the, of the Lord's reign that's coming now. It's the seven years of Daniel 9, Daniel 9 verse 27 that's coming. We are right now at the ending of Daniel 9.26, the flood is about to hit the earth. This is the separation judgment. This is Revelation 12, 15 to 17. We're in that time right now, the ending of the feast to be fifth beast kingdom, which is Revelation 7, 11 and 12. So <clears throat> we're in that time frame right now. Now, it says here that uh, uh, the firstborn son will have that name. But listen to what happens after this. It says, but if that man does not want to take his brother's wife and let his brother's wife go up to the gate to the elders and say, my husband's brother refuses to raise up a name to his brother in Israel. He will not perform the duty of my my husband's brother. Then the elders of his city shall call him and speak to him. But if he stands firm and says, I do not want to take her, then his brother's wife shall come to him in the presence of the elders, remove his sandal from his foot, spit in his face, and answer and say, so shall it be done to the man who will not build up his brother's house. And his name shall be called in Israel, the house of him who had his sandal removed. Now, please understand what that means. This is like the unwise virgins right now. They will not understand. They're not taking the words of God. They're not coming into the kingdom because they will not hear the message. They will not do this. But what the, what the Lord is saying that this law does is when you remove the sandal, when the woman comes and she removes the sandal of this brother in front of all the others because she goes up to the gates of the city where the laws of God are supposed to be kept, but the people aren't keeping the laws. It's pointing to this very day when the Lord is going to take the right of the sandal away from these people. And they're going to be cursed to be without the word. See, what the, the, the right foot, the sandal of the right foot is the walk in this way of righteousness. And that's what he's saying is that your earth is going to be cursed. 
You've lost the blessing God has given to your name. Now you have a new name. Your name is to those who had his sandal removed. Because they refused to do this work. They had their own idea, their own way. They want to marry their own person. They want to do it their way. They didn't understand the work of the kingdom. See, the leather sandal is so that the earth, it's like the sandal is a garment. That's why the Lord did not allow their sandals to wear out on them when they walked through the wilderness. Because it's a garment. It wasn't the holy land. But everywhere that it was gone, it was gone by the way of the words of God. And it's like a garment of knowledge. He was teaching them the ways, causing them to be responsible. And those people who would not enter the promised land, they didn't have their shoes emptied from them. But what happened? They died in the wilderness. These people of the day will not receive the words of God, which is the inheritance of the kingdom. So they could be cast out into the wilderness. I don't know all the works that they've done. God will judge them by the talents. He will judge them because that's between the parable of the ten virgins and the separation judgment. There's going to be a talent judgment, and that's like this is. You know, they did. this guy did not respect the name and the importance of the name of his brother. Therefore, he didn't care what happened to his brother. It's like Esau. He, God hates Esau. And so what God is doing here is she's just spitting his face. That spitting in the face is the spirit. It's the water of her word. It's like, you know, it's just removed upon this man. And his face is his symbolic of his authority before God. And she has cursed that. That's what God is saying. He's going to come and curse, and they will not be able to produce. And his way is going to be cast in, in great troubles and struggles because of this. His blessing in heaven is hurt. This is the way it is now. God is going to remove from people, like he says in Luke 14, 24, the right to eat any of his food. The food is what's brought forth. What You know, God brings forth the food, the blessings and instruction to us. He's going to remove that food from them. They will not have any instruction to the Lord. The only good that they're going to be able to do at that time is become slaves in people's houses. If they're to escape the punishment at all, it's going to be as a slave for somebody because they've removed their righteousness. And they will not be blessed in anything they do, if anybody will have them. The only thing we have in this regard is the fact that the Lord said, "Let Reuben be strong, and, and let him not be min, uh, not be reduced." Doesn't mean I mean it's likened to that at this day, and it's it's likened to the people. They're going to have to be understanding. They're going to have to accept a low position. Because they will not have the right to the words and nothing that they do will be blessed. So the only blessing they can have is to be do the work that others tell them to do the way of. So that it's the works that they can use to bless people. But these people have lost their right in that. So they will have a place to stay and, and food uh, to, to keep them as their hope during this time. But that's the insult that's coming. You remember the Lord told the guys if the people reject the word of peace. He says, take your peace from there. What is peace? The knowledge of the words, the eternal plan of God. Take it from their house. Go out in the street. Remove your sandals and, and uh, um, you know, uh, wipe, wipe your feet on, the, on the, uh, the, the earth or dirt and road. And that makes a mark in the earth. You've sealed it with your authority into that earth. And those people will be worth in Sodom and Gomorrah in their day. Don't try to do this. I mean, we're not, I don't want to harm anybody. I want to give everybody the last chance and opportunity they can. If God can save the men in Nineveh who chopped off heads and stacked them in the gates of places, the gates of the city where the words of God would be. See, God allowed those people to come because the people wouldn't hear. They wouldn't turn to the words. They wouldn't believe in God. They, they, you know, that's why he sent Jonah to Nineveh and they repented. But the house of Israel, when they hear about it, they didn't repent. They just said, oh, God took care of them because we are so good. That's the way the church is going to be. The Lord tells us that in Matthew 24. If you read after verses 24 and so, you see that people are going to say, oh, he's here, he's there, he's with us. No, he's not. You don't even know the words. He's not with you. He can't be with you if you don't know the words of God and teach them. Here's a, another one. It says, and, and uh, it's, uh, it's the last one I'll do tonight. Um, it says here, if two men fight together, and the wife of one draws near to rescue her husband from the hand of one attacking him and puts her hand and seizes him by the genitals. Then you shall cut off her hand. Your eyes shall not pity her. You should not have 
in your uh, this goes on to different law here with with the the weights and the heavy and the light. But under what it's saying right there, it goes along with the the word that was just before this. See, the woman has to understand her her place is to bring forth the name, the the kids, and bring them up in the way of the words. And when she grabs another man's thing, other than her husband's, she's touching the seed of another family. Even though her husband's being attacked, she cannot do that act. She can push him. She can do a lot of things. But she cannot touch that man's place. If it's that serious, you can imagine adultery. If a woman is married and touching another man, the sin that is. If a man touches another woman, the sin that is. Because what it's doing is it's cursing your seed and it's the same as not the woman up here with with the with the um, um, you know taking a sandal. She's taking away the right of work. That hand, whether it's her left hand or the right hand, is going to cut off because the end of that work has come to her, and you can't do anything for her. God has removed the right for her to be blessed by the work of that hand, whether it's the justice hand or the righteous hand. That's how serious this is. God is telling us is the seed. He promises in Malachi 4, 1 to 6, we're going to be cursed if we don't understand this right of the family and the inheritance in the name. And if you don't respect your mother and father at this time, that's why the Lord is saying that. You respect them for the sake of the kingdom work that they were given to do. You're respecting the work God gave them in the kingdom. Not necessarily that they are bad people, they're grumpy, the rest of this stuff. Work for them. Do good for them that they might turn and see truth. Do those things for them and God will cause it after time to turn. It's like when Samuel's kids were bad and they were doing evil things and stealing and so forth like that. And the people came and they wanted a king from the world and not Samuel's sons. What they forgot to do is, hey, Samuel was given the work of the kingdom as a judge for the people. And these are the sons we need to get with, their, with Samuel and cause these children to be turned to God or removed by God and replaced, but not go get a king of the world. Right now, we've got to come out from the king of the world, and we've got to receive the Lord as our king. We must anoint the Most High as our king. Daniel 9.24, that's the purpose of the, the Daniel 70th week. We must accomplish this. And it's time to recognize that the people of the world are not going to rule over the earth for this winter season and the, and the seven years to come. That's in the scriptures. We need to understand those scriptures. And we need to make it known to these people. Your time is up. If you come out against your people, this is what he's talking about in Daniel eleven forty three to 45, when the, the king of the north hears the news from the east, which is the throne of God, which means that his dominion's over. And he will come out and he'll hear news from the north, which is the people of the world. And knowing that their, their dominion is over and that they're going to be destroyed if they follow them, then he'll come out and nobody will help him. That's the revival. We're talking about revival of the knowledge of truth, of facts, according to the scripture. And that is the way it is. We need to understand these things very importantly. That's why that woman is losing her right. It's the same as not accepting the marriage so that the seed of the, of the son, the work of the name that God had given him from the beginning, would be done. God controls and owns what's in the womb. We are not to kill the children. We're to bless it because God has given a name, a work for the kingdom. And we should see this child, this baby, coming forth with a work for the God to do. And what our job is to raise him up to enable him to accomplish what he's supposed to do. You hear football coaches about, we want to teach our players and we want to support them. We want to make them the best that they can be at what they've wanting to do. What they want to do. You, the best ability that they have to do it, that's the way we should trade our children. Bring them up with that in our hearts. I've failed terribly in this. I'm not pointing fingers. I'm just saying this is what we all got to change. The Lord said we'd all be caught in a snare. We got to come out and understand where we snared and what the snares are. And if these laws haven't changed, God says, remember the laws of Moses. And this is what he's talking about. This is some of them. We need to understand this fact and realize that this stuff is coming and it's coming upon us so quickly we can't even fathom it. But I tell you, if we don't hear it, the plagues are coming upon us. And those plagues are horrible. Up to 40 lashes. 
lying down. God will make us lie down. That's why he says in Revelation 6, he says, the, the, the kings and all the people and the slaves and everybody are saying, who could stand? Nobody can. Because the judge is going to judge over us and punish us for our sins. They will all lie down. Please understand this is the way it is. That's the law of God. It hasn't changed. And mo- the Lord is going to fulfill it now. And you're going to see it with your own eyes in these days. Lord, we thank you for all you've brought forward to us. And we hope, dear Lord, that you will help the people to understand the times are in and the gloriousness of it. If we obey you, Lord, the glory of what you said in Malachi 4.2 is astounding. Fed like stall-fed calves. Lord, we will go out and we'll know how to guide the calves and, and the animals and how to utilize them and how to be, enable them to be prosperous, enabling that the food be prosperous so that it accomplishes the work when we prepare it and give it to others. But if we don't start with the foundation, we're to take dominion over the earth, we're to do the dominion over the animals so that this can be done. But we got to allow your spirit and your work to be done, and we can't contaminate the air with these chemtrails and, and all the GMO stuff. That's all got to be removed. And the people that are doing that's got to be removed. They got to understand what they've done, what the sin is, and the punishment they're going to get for it. But even if they don't do that, they still are going to be removed because they're going to be put in the, the sea and they're going to lie down. People need to understand they're going to lie down. Many of them are going to die and lie down in the, in, in, in the prisons of God because they're going to be put in the body of worm and be tormented 24-7 there where their body is going to be here on earth just buried or burnt or whatever it is done to it. But their soul is going to be in the body of a worm being punished continuously until the great white throne judgment. Lord, we pray that they'll understand this greatness, that they will come forth. Your plan is awesome. It's terrible. And they should fear you. But Lord, they don't even know the times are coming. They don't even understand you're going to rule for seven years. Lord, we pray your hand be upon them. Let them understand the great work that we have to do. And tomorrow night, Lord, I'd like to talk about the greatness of the work you have planned for them to do. That they might understand the greatness of how they can do all these things, how to restore the earth and the works. They're not even thinking about the things that you're going to bring forth, Lord, that's going to just put to shame the technology that people have today. Dear Lord, during this short time that your kingdom's going to reign, you're going to bring forth things, Lord, and enable them to see that you control every particle. You control the ability to make something. You control all these things, and it's going to be poured out in abundance if they will understand. And, Lord, they're not going to be doing it for merchandising. They're going to be doing it so they can prepare food to give to others that enables good works to be done because there's not going to be a lack of anything. Stall-fed calves. Lord, we praise you. We thank you, Lord, and we ask you, Lord, to move your spirit upon the people and let them understand your truth. Lord, let the people understand if this is true or not true, what we've talked about tonight. Lord, we pray their eyes might be open to a greater understanding of your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.